Good morning. Good to see everybody. Wow. Happy Mother's Day, y'all. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I also am a mama, so happy Mother's Day to me. <laughs> Here's hoping somebody gives me some love later on and, you know, leathers it on, some nice stuff coming my way. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> oh, it's good. Um, God is good all the time. He is so good to us, and we are so, he is so faithful in the way that he goes ahead of us, and I'm touched to think that after what Nick just shared this morning, here we are in this series, um, and we're officially in week two of a series called Follow, and it's all about following Jesus Christ, and, um, and what we know so far, we know a few things so far, what we know is that following Jesus Christ is, is, is not just saying, goodness me, I really admire that man, I think I'll keep an eye on him, I'll follow from a distance, you know, it's, it's, it's not like I'm going to follow this person on Instagram, or it's not like I admire this person, I, maybe I even accept their teaching, but no, follow when it comes to, to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ is active, it's, it's about taking steps, and it's cumulative, right? So you're going somewhere when you follow Jesus Christ. It is progressive, and it's active. And what I love is after what Nick shared this morning, what we've just been praying about is that we have our amazing God as our good shepherd, and he cares about his sheep, doesn't he? And the Lord Jesus is described as our good shepherd. He cares about the sheep. And right now on week two, it's no accident, it's no surprise to God that our topic is to look at the second marker, the second distinctive that marks the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's that we would have a Bible-based life. Isn't that interesting? How good is our God? How good is our God? Do you feel that love of God? Let's just, let's just pray to him for a moment. Almighty God, good shepherd, we come to you. We come to you like little sheep. We follow after you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for leading us into this spot right now where you want to pasture us, where you want to pastor us where you want to feed us, where you want to lead us, where you want to maybe redirect us. And so right now, Heavenly Father, we just bow down. In Jesus' name, amen. Who remembers what the first marker was? Last week, what was it, Helen? Christ-like character. Christ character. Did you recall that? First marker of a disciple, first marker of someone who follows after Jesus, they're growing in Christ-like character. They're changing. Their inner workings are different. And the second marker today is that that person has a Bible-based life. How on earth do you know if you're growing in what it means to have a Bible-based life? How do you know? If you were to look back 12 months or if you were to look back three years or whatever amount of time you want to put in there. How could you say, and I've grown in what it is to have a Bible-based life? Here's some questions to ask yourself to help you to work that out, okay? These could be really useful to you, so maybe take note of these. First off is, do I know the Bible? Do I actually know it? Do I know its content? 
You know, this is this book that, that every Christian's life is based on, this book that is God's way of communicating with us, of telling us who he is and, and who we are and, and how life works and how we relate with him. And, and there's so much talk in the world at the moment about evil. Have you heard that word quite a bit lately? The evil that went on in Christchurch and the evil this and the evil that. It's interesting that that word's come back, by the way. But how do we know what is good and what is evil and, and, and when does one become the other and how do we know all of that? How do we know? Do I know the Bible? Do I know the people in the Bible? Do I know their stories? Do I know the, the, the master themes? Do I know the great narrative of the Bible? Do I know the Bible more today than I knew a year ago? That's a, that's a really good thing to ask yourself. Do I know? Do I believe the Bible was another thing I could ask myself. Have I grown in my dependence, my reliance, my confidence, my trust and my certainty so that I know, I know that I believe what's in here? And when it comes to a range of subjects and, and the all of life, I'm comf my confidence in the Word of God is bigger, is deeper, is wider, is stronger than it used to be. Hmm, do I know the Bible? Do I believe the Bible? Do I love the Bible? Is, is my love for the Word, is my passion, passionate feeling towards the Word, is it bigger than it used to be? Do I just want to get into it? Have I got that hunger more than I used to have? Can I not wait to get into the Bible? You know, I know a lady who, who when she was a new Christian and she'd, she'd come out of a different, an Eastern faith and she gave her life to Jesus and she loved the Bible so much. Here's what she used to do. She used to read it during the day, okay? Okay, that's fine. It's not, you don't have to be super Christian to read the Bible during the day. But then what she would do is at night, she would have a massive glass of water before going to sleep. And guess why? So she had to wake up again in the night because she had a massive glass of water, so she needed to go to the bathroom. So she'd wake up and she'd get her Bible and that would be her way of waking up because she couldn't go through a night without filling up again on the Word of God. Wow! And then she would have another massive glass of water and then she would go back to bed, and then she would wake up, and she would do this through the night because she couldn't get through eight whole hours without the Bible. Are you kidding me? Oh, boy, oh, boy. How's my love, my hunger, my awe for the Word of God? Is it bigger? Do I follow the Bible? What's my walking it out like? Am I living in submission to the word? Am I living in surrender to the word? Is he really discipling me? You see, can I see that I'm changing? So those are things, some things to ask myself, to ask yourself when I think, how do I know if I'm growing in this particular marker of a disciple? You know, I'm conscious that as I look around here, some people in this room have been um, reading the Bible regularly for decades some of you for many decades. I look at some of, the, some of the people in here. I won't call you out, but I know. I know that you've been reading the Bible regularly for decades, and I honor you for that. Some of us, we used to read the Bible regularly, but yeah, not so much now, to be honest. And some of us, you know, we've, honestly, we've never cracked it. 
We wish we had. And we like hearing about it, and we've given it a go, but we haven't actually just cracked it. We haven't become a regular reader of the Bible. And for some of us, you know what? You may never have ever owned and operated your own Bible. See? And it's all brand new. It's okay. I, you know, I love it when I meet someone who's never touched one, who's never held one, who's never opened one. What a joy to introduce someone to the Bible for the first time. For some people in this room, the very thought of opening something that could be described as a book, and that's it, you see, <laughs> right there, and, you open, and the words swim for lots of reasons. Okay, here's the thing. doesn't matter where you fit on that entire spectrum. I'm going to show you today how you can get stuck into the Bible. Okay? This is a one-stop shop. Is that all right? Good. Let's keep going. Okay. So first off, let's have a look at what the Bible actually does. What is it about the Bible that we're so excited about? This isn't everything that I'm going to share with you that the Bible does. It does more than this. But I'm going to share with you some key things that the Bible does. So first one is this, the Bible illuminates, the Bible lights up, and there's this cool verse here. Man, if you've never read Psalm 119 and you want a nice long read, this is the longest chapter in the Bible. Don't start there. Do we start there? I'm not sure. But Psalm 119, verse 105, let's all read it together, all right? So one, two, three. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, with the word of God being a lamp and a light, here's how it works. First off, it's like a, a broad sweeping mega light. So it's a bit like if you were in a construction site and there's those big kind of lights so that you can work at night. That's what it's like, like that. You see, the world is a dark place and it's really, really easy to get lost in this world, to just not know your way and, and how do I know which way's up and which way's down and oh no, it's a dead end and I fall over and da 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 da, right? And so the Word of God is like this incredible light that lights up life and it shows you how to navigate life. And so the Bible covers a bunch of different, a, a whole bunch of different subjects, and including things like, this is the counsel that it gives us. It teaches us things on human relationships and forgiveness and temptation and parenting and work ethic and caring for animals and interacting within family and having a healthy mind and having a healthy bank balance and having a healthy planet and so many more other things, right? So it's like a mega light to show us how to navigate the big of life. But you know what else it is when it says here that your word is a lamp and a light? It's also like this. It's a torch. And so, so what it does is it gives us light for our feet. Light for our feet so that we can see the next step or two. And we can know how to step out our life. When you open the Word of God, expect God to speak. Expect God to direct your feet, your walk in life, because He will. And if you've been around the, the Christian community for any amount of time, you'll have heard people saying, and the, you know, I was, this is what I was facing, and then I read the Bible, and you wouldn't believe it. This is what it said, because this is how it works. 
It's very specific. It speaks into our current situations. And so, and so I read, you know, I read James 1 verse 19, and it, and it says that I should take note of this, that everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You see, and I think, ooh, ooh, okay. That, that's giving me direction for my day, right there. It's a little torch as well as a massive light. The, the Word of God illuminates. The Word of God also equips. And um, for a few weeks, my family, we, we started um, doing a meal, meal delivery system. Who's done one? Not many. I'm quite surprised. I thought it was a bit more popular than that. We started doing a meal delivery system, and we did it for a few weeks. And what, what happens is, for those of you who are uninitiated, every Saturday I open my door, and da-da, I have a box. It's really cool. And it's full of a whole bunch of recipes and all the food that I need, and everything is individually packaged in recyclable packaging. Um, and everything I need is right there, along with the recipes and all of that. And so, and so what it's done is it meant that I no longer had to do big meal plans and think through, oh, what am I going to do? And then a big long um, list of, of things to buy at the supermarket, long shopping expeditions. So it saved me a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of creative thinking. <laughs> and, and so on the day of, like you just, you know, you just get your box out, you get your meal out, and it's it's got everything it needs in there to make a great meal for today. You see? Now the Bible is a is a bit similar, not entirely similar. It doesn't just land on your doorstep on a Saturday with recipes and recycling material, but what, it, what it's like is that God has designed us to live a great life. A great life. A great life is, is, it means a life that glorifies God, a life that God is pleased with. And God has designed us to live a life like that. And within every single one of our lives, every single one of us, he has specifically designed particular things He's designed them ahead of time. Before you get to them, he's made them for you to walk in so that you can live out this life that pleases him in your particular way. That's your recipe. And he's giving you everything you need. The Bible equips us. Let's read the verse together that comes up from, from 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3.16, let's read together. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Isn't that wonderful? We have everything we need to live out the life that God has specifically designed for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The, the word of God is awesome. It illuminates, it equips. It also cuts to heal. When Nick and I were dating, and we were teenagers, and one Friday night, things got a little hairy. And, and Nick ended up in severe pain. It had nothing to do with me, by the way. <laughs> and he had to go to the emergency department. And so he went to the emergency department, and the team on, they, they said to him, you've got food poisoning, go home, and look after yourself, have a, you know, sleep, drink water and whatnot. Well, 24 hours later, he was back in ED. 
and this time it was a different team that was on and this particular doctor um, noticed what was actually going on and said, hmm, you've actually got a, um, what do you call it, a um, um, twisted bowel, thank you, yeah, a twisted bowel. And so a whole little piece is now cut off and it hasn't been receiving oxygen and you're going to have emergency surgery. Goodness, it's just as well you came in when you did. If you'd left it any longer, curtains. So... <laughs> now, I've got to tell you, I've got to be careful with this. <laughs> I'm going to put that down. Um, I used to be a nurse. I don't know how Nick ever married me because he hates hospitals. He hates medical people. No, he doesn't hate medical people. <laughs> he hates what they do. Oh, and, and he hates blood and knives and all, antiseptic, you know, all that sort of stuff. And his legs are going weak as we speak. Right now, he's having to sit down and, as we speak. It's terrible for him. I'll stop talking about it. He hates all that sort of stuff. So anyway, they wheeled him away, and they, they, they did what they needed to do. They chopped him open, took it out, whatnot, and he was on the road to recovery. Now, here's the thing. The Word of God is similar. Let's look at Hebrews 4, verses 12 to 13. Let's read it out together. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than in, sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. The Bible is like a surgeon's knife, and God is the surgeon. And he uses the Bible to cut away things in my life, in our lives. He's cutting away in me things like bad attitudes. He's cutting away wrong behaviors. He's cutting away misbeliefs. He's cutting away in me stuck habits and evil motives. He's cutting them away. And I've got to tell you, sometimes it hurts. But I'm glad that nothing's hidden from him. And I'm glad that, that he gets the diagnosis spot on every time. And I'm glad that he cares enough to, to use the knife appropriately in my life. Because as he cuts out those things, he cuts out what's killing me. And he cuts out in me what might kill you. He is good. And all is laid bare before him. And Nick was grateful eventually for the knife. And I'm grateful for the knife of the word of God. The Bible illuminates, the Bible equips, the Bible cuts to heal, and the Bible is a weapon for spiritual warfare. Let's read Ephesians 6, 17 together. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, we are in a war. I think we got a taste of that, a sense of that, as Nick updated us on what's going on with this cult trying to infiltrate um, the street at the moment. We are in a war. But you know what? I think sometimes we live our lives, our Christian lives, as if we are in a playground rather than a battleground. And it's like we no longer see, and it's like we lose our focus. And I want to tell you something. Our enemy never does that. Our enemy never lets up. He never loses focus. 
and we have got to be aware. And Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is how serious it is. And the primary weapon that God has given us to fight with is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Kevin Harney, in his excellent book, Seismic Shift, he says this, this is really well put. He says, when we read the Bible regularly and feast on the truth of God's word, we are training for the battles that lie ahead. None of us know what they will be, guys. None of us know what our lie ahead battles are. We're in training. Always, we're in training. Owning a sword does not make a person a warrior. Having 10 swords around the house does not make someone more powerful. Only practice will prepare us for the battle. Reading, studying, and knowing God's word prepares us to stand strong against spiritual attacks. Too many people today have a stack of Bibles around the house, but no idea how to use them. It's time to train to fight the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, if you don't know the Bible and you don't know how to use it, then you are a really easy target for the enemy. The Bible is a weapon for spiritual warfare. Something else I love about the Bible is that the Bible sweetens. In Psalm 119, verse 103, let's read it, it says, How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Sometimes the world we live in is really bitter. It's sour. It's harsh. Sometimes the world we live in is humdrum. Boring, repetitive, tasteless. Yeah? You ever found yourself in a space like that? What you need to do is you come to the word that is honey, the word that sweetens. Sometimes we just need a little honey, don't we? And so we come before the Lord and we allow his word to just get in and to bring the sweetness to bring the flavor, to soothe, to heal, a lot of healing in honey, to bring, to enliven, to bring flavor back, to calm, whatever it is. The word of God, so beautiful, so beautiful for us. So, that's all good. How do we get in to the Bible? We know it's good. We know that it does a whole lot of amazing things. How do we actually get the Bible into us? I've got a friend, Will, who he and I had a chat recently. Come on up, Will. Give him a welcome. And, um, yeah, Will, Will ha- and I had a chat, and he told me some, some things that I thought would be really interesting for, for the rest of you to hear as well. So, Will, you told me that there was a time in your life 
not too many years ago, where you felt like you just didn't want to get into reading the Bible. Why was that? Yeah, that's right. So um, I first became a Christian about 10 years ago, and at the time I read the New Testament, and it was amazing. It opened up a whole lot of things to me that I hadn't seen before. And so once I'd finished that, I thought the logical next step was to go back to the Old Testament, and it started well, but quickly it became tedious, a big list of genealogies, um, it became impenetrable with all these kings and tribes and kingdoms, um, and it became a bit odd when I got to the prophets who seemed to be just complaining about stuff, and I didn't know what they were complaining about. And so I just quit. I just thought, no, this is too hard. Um, and it was suggested to me that a way that I could get around that was by doing a, di- a daily Bible reading plan. Mm. Um, there's lots of them out there. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, it's sort of an obligatory religious activity. You know, it's just box ticking every day. There's some root cause why I don't want to read it, so I'll just wait until I know what that is, and then, then I'll be fine. And so I waited, and I waited, and I waited, <laughs> and years went past, um, and I'd characterize that, that part of my life um, as exhausting. Mm. Um, there was a lot going on in my life, and I just couldn't um, rest from it. Yeah, yeah. And then Nick was teaching a few years ago, and he said, uh, he, he said something very simple, which sounds so obvious in hindsight. Um, he said, given the choice between reading the Bible every day because you feel like you should, or never reading the Bible at all, which would you rather, mm. rather do? Mm. And it, just, it was all I needed to say, all right, fine, I'll do it. Mm. So I downloaded a chronological Bible reading plan, and that was the key for me. Mm. What it did is it reordered the books into the order that everything happened. Um, It inserted all of David's Psalms uh, into the times where he was writing them. Mm. It put all the prophets into the parts of Israel history um, Mm. where they were experiencing all kinds of traumas. And all of a sudden, the whole thing just made glorious sense to me. Mm. Um, And so I've been around several times over the past Mm. few years, round and round and round, and it just gets better every time. Um, and I would characterize that part of my life with the same trials and things that are going on that were previously, mm-hmm. but instead of exhausting, I'd, I'd characterize it by peace. It's just wow. made such a massive difference. Wow. And so I can completely recommend it. Awesome. Well done. You can take that. <laughs> Thanks so much, Will. So, so after hearing that, let's have a bit of a think about how do we get in to reading the Bible, okay? So a few, a few tips, if you like. And um, first of all, I have come across this excellent book, um, which is called The Field Guide to the Bible, and it's got nothing to do with me being Sarah Field, okay? <laughs> it's just, just by chance it happens to be called The Field Guide to the Bible and is very, very good. Um, now, what, if, you just, if you don't know anything about kind of like how does the Bible fit together and, and how do I navigate my way through the Bible, then this would be potentially really helpful to you. So let me just explain to you some of the things that are in this book. If I go to the table of contents... Um, we've got, what is the Bible? Why should I bother reading it? Where do I start with my reading? Um, what's, all, what's with all the numbers in it? You know, little bit numbers, big numbers. Um, how do you hear God through the Bible? 
Um, and then things like, what's the story of the Bible? What are the epic parts? And it divides that up. What's the summary of the Bible story and the timeline of the Bible? Because sometimes if you come to church, it can take you years to get your head around that um, without a bit of help. Um, what about the Old Testament and the New Testament? How do I understand uh, how, what they're all about? And then it's even got things like, what are some other resources that I can look at? What's with different translations? Um, frequently asked questions are in here. Uh, where to read, when, and even some words that you're going to come across in the Bible that you may not come across in your everyday life and understanding what they mean. So you can see how useful that would be, right? Um, so I would highly recommend that um, for anybody here, and particularly if you, if you find that you just don't know your way in to the Bible, and I would highly recommend that you buy a copy for the person that you are helping to discover what's in the Bible. So that person that you are discipling, that person that you're walking alongside with, this will help you to help them to get in so that you can then open the Bible together and have a look at what it says. And they have a bit more of an understanding. We've got some friends we're going to be doing that with really shortly who don't know Jesus yet. And, and um, we'll give them one of these as well so that not only are we taking ourselves into the Bible together, but they're also able to understand a bit more about it. So that one, highly recommend it. The other one too um, is called The Bible Project. And put your hand up if you've come across The Bible Project. Yeah, it's getting more and more popular. This is amazing, honestly. And especially like for you, if words just don't do it for you in terms of the written word, this is animated and it is awesome, okay? Um, so not just for people who prefer animation, all of us benefit from this. But this, you, can, you can go into the Bible project and you can look at the Bible as a whole. You can look at each book. So, so recently I picked out the book of Joshua because I was studying it in my um, Mosaic Life group. And so I picked out the book of Joshua and I watched the whole animation for the book of Joshua. It came alive. Um, there were things I learned in that, things that fell into place. It was just amazing. So you can do that for every book in the Bible. You can also look at topics, and, and it'll bring topics alive to you as well. Um, and obviously great for kids too, um, but we're all big kids really, aren't we? So the Bible Project, fantastic. Righty-ho. So now you've got your bearings, you've got your field guide to the Bible, you've got your Bible Project, and now you want to read the Bible, okay? You need a plan. Some of you hate me, <laughs> but you do, you need a plan or you will drift in and you will drift out again. And I know it's not very Kiwi to have a plan, but let's just try it, okay? You know what? We need a plan if we want to exercise, don't we? I actually do need a plan to start exercising more. But you know, otherwise, if I just romantically think about exercise, I still wake up unfit. It's just this incredible truth that goes on. I need a plan to get this in to me, all right? So I'm gonna take you through a plan, and it's three-part. And the first one is answering the question of when. When will I read the Bible? And I have the bad news, and that just the bad news, actually. It is gonna involve an alarm clock. <laughs> Now, I'm a morning person, so for me, my alarm clock goes off in the morning, and that's when I start with, with um, my Bible reading time. And you can call that a quiet time, a devotional, Bible reading. 
Call it what you like, I suppose. Um, but for others of you, it may be at night. For others of you, it may be in the middle of the day. I know that when I had little children at home, I would arrange all my kids so that everybody was, uh, I was childless, if you like. One was asleep, one was in room time, one was at kindy or school or something. And I would arrange that time so that I had my Jesus time at that time of day, at some random time of the day. So you've got to make it work for you. But if you don't have a time, you won't do it. Do you have a time? What's your time? Turn to the person next to you, tell you your time. What time is it? Not much talking going on. Louder. <laughs> okay. If you don't have a time, if you didn't have something to tell the person beside you, you need to get out your phone and you need to make an alarm on your phone. You need a time. No time, no Bible reading time. Okay. It's going to require prioritizing. Something else must not happen at that time. In fact, everything else must not happen at that time. And it might mean getting up an hour earlier. That's fine. You got given 24 hours and so did I. Aren't we lucky, you see? So we all get the same amount of time. So number one, for the plan, we need a time. The second thing we need for our plan is we need a where to start. We need a what to read, a where to go, right, in, in the Bible. And so um, this actually, Will said how he had found that a chronological one-year Bible was really helpful for him. Um, for me, I, this is my 11th year of reading the one-year Bible. And what happens is every single year, I get to experience the entire Bible. And I hadn't done that 12 years ago. Um, my life has dramatically changed uh, since starting that because I'm getting the full counsel of God's word into my life without my preferences um, every single year. The other thing I love about the one-year Bible approach is that every single day I get a full diet. I get, my, I get my multivitamins, I get my protein, I get everything I need in every day because I've got some reading from the New Testament and the Old Testament and Psalm and Proverbs. So I get the whole banquet every single day. So for me, that works really, really well. It may not work for you. You can, by the way, download a PDF of the one-year Bible plan, reading plan, so that you don't have to buy that Bible. You can just continue using your normal Bible with a, um, with a PDF of the um, plan. But that may not be for you. Maybe you want to do something else. There's heaps of different options. Um, I would highly recommend you towards the U version. Um, this Bible app, uh, you just started it or you've got it, you're loving it? Yeah. <laughs> All the time I, hear, I see Katie mouth. Good, good. So this is the U version. There's a kid's one. There's an adult one. And there are loads of different reading plans. So you might decide, right, I'm going to start, I'm going to start small. I'm going to start a 30-day reading plan. Or I'm going to start a three-month. Or I'm going to do a whole one-year one. And then you know, keep, keep changing it up. See what works for you. Okay? Um, right now, this is so popular, that right now there are 373 million people using this app. That's a big number. That's cool, eh? Um, okay, so you've got to know where to go in your Bible. You've got to set a time. You've got to have a location in your Bible each day. And then you've got to know how. Because it's all very well to open up the Bible and to just sort of read it and go, Okay, well, my plan said that I needed to read James chapter 1. Um, I, my clock, my alarm went off. I sat down and I read it. Good. <laughs> I think I've done it, right? So I want to take you through, and again, there's many ways of doing this, but the way I've been doing it since about November, I've found really, really helpful. Um, and, and every single day, I use soap. Every single day, I have a shower, and I use soap, and I need it. 
and, um, and that's good. But every single day I also use this, this thing called soap. Um, because, again, I need this. And so what we do is this is um, a way to get the Bible from just going into my head and to shift it 30 centimetres down into my heart. Um, it's my meditation method. It's my way of moving it from here to here so that it then begins to infiltrate my entire life, right? And so what I do is I, um, this is just a simple acrostic that we work through. I start with a journal. And it's important to have something to write on um, so a journal and a pen. Um, if you're like me, you, you want a good-looking journal, okay? Because that matters. Um, and, and you need a coffee too, by the way. Um, <laughs> so you have your journal and you have your Bible and you have a pen. And you write the scripture down. And if it's just one verse, then you write it. If it's, if it's a whole chapter, you don't write the whole thing out. But you just write the text that it is, like James 1, Okay verses 1 to 20 or something, whatever it is. And so you've written that at the top. That's your S scripture. And you read it. And as you read it, you say, Father, would you speak to me? Would you speak to me through the word of God? And you read it. And then you get to O, which is observation. And this is where you, you, you write observation. And you just begin to write out, what am I seeing what am I observing in this scripture, in this text? Who are the people? Where is it happening? What's, being, what's the story in here? Who are the characters and what are they feeling? Um, what are the commands? What are the directions? What does it say about how to do life? What's the repeated phrases? All, all that kind of stuff, right? So you observe and you write it all out in your own hand. It helps to write helps it to go back in again. So you write it all out in your own hand. And then the A comes in. This is cool. This is application. So you write application. And then you begin to just prayerfully say, well, Lord, this is what I've read. This is what I've observed. Lord, how do I apply this? What meaneth this? And so you begin to write your application. And you're thinking about your real world at this point. Today, da, 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 I'm going to think that I need to change. This means that I, you know. And, you and then you get to the P. And this is key, actually, I've found. This is something that's been really different for me since doing this method, is that I write prayer. And now I actually write a prayer to God. Someone said to me the other day that she really wants to become someone who prays. She doesn't um, really pray. And she said the reason that she doesn't really pray is because it feels really um, unauthentic. It feels like she's just acting. So I said to her, why don't, you, why don't you write out your prayer? And then you've had a chance to say, dear Father, or dear Lord Jesus, thank you for telling me in James chapter 1, verse 19, that I should be quick to listen. Help Thank you for telling me that I should be slow to speak. Father, you know that I'm going to be talking with Nick later on today. <laughs> and you know that I've been rehearsing all those words. But you tell me I need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And slow to become angry. So Father, would you please by your Holy Spirit empower me to shut my mouth. 
I need your power, <laughs> etc. You see, so you're actually taking what you've, what your application's been, you're turning it into a prayer, and then don't just write it, pray it, pray it, talk to the Lord about it, and then, if you like, you're done, so to speak, right? And you've had a rich time in God's word, and it has got in. Now, here's a question. This is so important. You need to write this down. Here's a question that you need to ask at the end of every single time you do that. And the question is, how will I be different today because of what I've just read? Now, if you don't go there with it, if you don't go to the how am I going to be different, you've done what Will was scared of. You've ticked a box. You've done religion. But if you go to that question and your life changes by the power of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit working in you, wonderful, wonderful. And so our Father, we bow before you. And Father, we want to thank you. We thank you right now that you are alive and you've given us a living Word. Father, we thank you that we have easy access to your living Word in our country. Thank you for that. Father, I pray that for each one of us, we would treasure your word. Father, I pray that we would make a time. We would have a plan. We would find the location in your word that we can begin to read in. And that we would take your word in and allow it to change us. Father, as we pause for a second now, would you just highlight for us what you want us to take from this right now? The Bible illuminates, the Bible equips, cuts to heal, sweetens, and is a weapon for spiritual warfare. And as followers of Jesus Christ, may our lives be marked by growth in a Bible-based life, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless you, Fano. It is good to be together. God bless you. Read God's word. If you want to have some prayer with someone today, then we have prayer team over here, and they would love to pray with you. Just come on over and be prayed with. But God bless you. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing Mother's Day if you're celebrating. Have a great week. See you Sunday.